stand to your feet. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. So good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm excited about what God is doing. You need to be excited. You know, we celebrate birthdays. We, we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. We celebrate graduations. We, we like to celebrate. Well, can I tell you today, just, just understand that today is a day of celebration. Say it's the celebration day today. We're, we're celebrating today. Don't you make this day uh, a day of, um, I don't know, pressure or, you know, weight. We, 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 we're going to celebrate today and have a good time. And so I want you to come with me as we get into the word of the Lord today. Luke chapter 24. Welcome you to Christ Center Church one more time. And please forgive us of um, our accommodations. We, we like to be hospitable and I hope we're being as hospitable as we can in this small space. And so we will have an opportunity to celebrate when the Lord bring us into this nice big sanctuary that I know is awaiting us and we're getting ready to walk into. Good morning. Amen. I like it. Train up a child in the way they shall go. And when they're old, they shall not depart from it. Did Justin tell you he used to go to church when he was little? Okay, just checking. Just checking. They can be cool all they want in the street. They can do all they want and play all that game. They're roots. <laughs> roots. They got roots in the church. And so they know how to walk in and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm so glad to see everybody. Amen. I'm so glad to see all of you that came out today to say, hey, I want to spend this time with the Lord. That's what you want to do. Luke 24, verse number one says, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher. So it says first day of the week, early in the morning. So for those of you that are wondering why church got to be on Sundays, you're getting ready. You just read it. First day of the week, early in the morning. And so we have church on Sundays because ever since the resurrection, first day of the week, we've been celebrating Christ raising from the dead. And so if you want to wonder why it's Sunday as opposed to other days, it's because Sunday just seemed fitting. The first day of the week seemed fitting because it was the first day of the week that he rose from the grave. And so we're here this morning celebrating his resurrection, first day of the week. They came unto the sepulcher bringing spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not, somebody say not, the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, I love this statement. Why seek ye the living? Oh man, that's a, the Holy Ghost quickened me when I read that text. Why seek ye the living among the dead? There's a whole lot there to work with, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Verse number six says, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified 
and the third day rise again. Oh, my God. I don't know if we understand how powerful a work that God has done for us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. The word of the Lord says in verse number 1, And you had he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus, your word is already settled. We can't change it. It will accomplish that which you set it out to accomplish. And, oh, God, today we celebrate your great work you have done. And today we have this great privilege, this great opportunity to live, oh, God, according to the power of your spirit. Now, Lord, I pray that you will unleash your power in this place. And that, Lord God, you will stir and move. And that, God, you will do only what you can do in the heart of your people, in the mind of your people, Lord Jesus. Jesus, today, give us an encounter and an experience that we will not soon to forget. Have your way today. Will you pour out of your spirit and, oh God, all flesh to behold the power of your glory and be delivered and be saved. Jesus, we thank you for miracles and demonstrations and signs and wonders. Lord, we believe and we proclaim it and we ask it and pray it in the name of Jesus. Can everybody Everybody say amen and clap your hands and just thank the Lord this morning. Amen. You may be seated. This morning I want to talk to you on this subject, living my best life. Living my best life. Somebody say living my best life. Do you want to live your best life? Do you want to live the life that's just the best for you? Or do you just want to live any life? Do you want to live the life that works best for you? That will give you what you need and do what needs to be done? Or do you want to live a life of frustration? A life of just just struggling? Do you want to live your best life? And this morning, I've come to tell you the Lord Jesus died and rose that you can live your best life. Mm-hmm. I hope today before you leave here, you will understand that you don't have to settle for anything. You can just trust God and follow after him and he will do what needs to be done in you and through you that you can live your best life. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Oh God, if you don't understand what that text means. When you're living, you won't be hanging with the dead. If I'm alive, I'm not hanging in the cemetery. 
I'm alive. I'm not hanging with the dead. I'm hanging with people that are living. This text, why seek ye the living among the dead, makes it clear that the cemetery is reserved for dead bodies. We visit the cemetery expecting to see dead bodies. Therefore, the angels were surprised that the ladies who had come to the tomb to see Jesus were surprised that they came to see Jesus. And that's why they say, what are you doing here? Why seek ye the living among the dead? Why are you here in the cemetery? Jesus has been risen. He's no longer here in this tomb. He's no longer laying down. He's no longer dead. But he's been risen. And he's moving. And he's among the living. Why seek ye the living among the dead you know what I want to do I want to be like a people that will say you know what I am going to trust the word of God if he says it then it must mean he's going to perform it and he told them that he would one day be into the hands of sinners and they would crucify him and then he would die but he would then be risen and he would be alive forevermore he told them that but they still went to the cemetery looking for this dead body When Jesus already said, I will only be in that grave for three days, and then I will rise, and then I will go from here. Why would they go and seek Jesus when he said I wouldn't be there? I just want to hear the word of God. Read the word of God and just believe the word of God and not allow myself to be carried away by my own feelings and by my own thoughts because our God has already proven to us time and time again that if he says it, it shall and it will come to pass. We need to understand that what God says, it shall come to pass. Listen. Before Jesus was risen from the grave, while he walked the earth, while he was moving about in the earth before he died and rose, he rose three people from the grave. He rose Jairus' daughter from the grave. Well, she was dead. He rose the widow's son from the grave. Well, he was dead. And he rose Lazarus from the grave. Three people that scripture record that Jesus rose from the grave. Are we watching to see what Jesus is doing? Because those three people that Jesus rose, yes, he rose them and they received life. But here is what we were missing, that Jesus was showing the world that I'm going to be able to raise myself up. Because if I can raise others up, don't you think I can raise myself? And so he was showing them, you see Jarius' son, you see this widow's son, you see Lazarus, I rose them from the grave. And don't you think if I can raise them from the grave, I can't raise myself? How am I going to do for you what I can't do for me? And Jesus showed the world that he rose three people from the grave, which means when his time came, he was going to raise himself from the grave. 
When are we going to get the word of God and say to ourselves, God has given us all kind of proof. He's showing us uh, all kinds of proof what he can do. Uh, we got to get it in our heart. Uh, we got to get it in our mind uh, that God is showing us. Uh, and it's about time that we say, God, uh, I'm not going to be hard headed. Uh, God, uh, I'm not going to be stubborn. Uh, but as you show us uh, what you can do, uh, as you reveal to us uh, what you will do, uh, we will believe it. Uh, we will understand it. Uh, and we will do whatever you want us to do. Somebody clap their hands and thank the Lord because God is not just going to sneak upon you. God is not just going to try to trick you. God is saying, I'm showing you. I'm working it out. I'm revealing to you. I'm speaking to you what I will do. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening, somebody? God is showing us. He's speaking to us. But are we listening? I want to live my best life. What about you? Do you want to live your best life. Do you want to live your best life? I don't want to disregard the evidence. And God gave us evidence by raising Jairus' daughter, by raising the widow's son, by raising Lazarus, the Lord says, I'm not trying to sneak upon you. I'm trying to show you and confirm to you what I can do. So when it's time, you can trust that whatever I said I will do, that's what I will do. So we go on to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. The word of the Lord says, And you... Had he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. The word of God teaches us that since the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden, mankind became spiritually dead. You want to go back to the very first scripture, number one, in Ephesians 2? It says, and you had he quickened who were, Mm -hmm. you know what we do sometimes? We read the Bible, and when it says something that makes us uncomfortable, we kind of skip over that quickly and move to something that that makes us feel good. But, 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 but. If we're going to have our best life ever, if we're going to live the best life we can live, we have to take it all in. Whether it makes you feel good or it don't make you feel good, just take it all in. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray the courage upon every person in this room that every time they hear the word of God that challenges them, every time they hear the word of God that convicts them, every time they hear the word of God, Lord, that make them not feel pleased within themselves, that, Lord, they will not ignore it. They will not look aside, but, God, they will look to you and say, God, speak to me and I will do 
what you want me to do. That they will trust that your word is true. And they will do what your word says and not turn away from it in the name of Jesus. And so the Bible wants us to know that the way we're born into this world, we're born dead spiritually. We're spiritually dead. Just as Jesus was able to cause life to come into the dead bodies and they lived again, he can bring life into a person that is spiritually dead. And so I'm here to tell you today, be encouraged. Even if the Bible is talking about you this morning to say you're spiritually dead, be encouraged. The God that rose himself from the grave is alive and well. And if you want to be raised up spiritually, if you want to live spiritually, God can come right into your heart. He can come right into your space. He can move right on you and cause you to become spiritually alive, spiritually well. And so don't you be discouraged this morning. Be encouraged that even if you're dead spiritually, you can leave here today alive spiritually. Not going to keep you long. Here we go. How can you tell if you're dead spiritually? How can you tell? Listen, remember what I said. So you don't have to make yourself better than anyone else or you don't have to feel worse than anyone else. Everyone that came after Adam and Eve were born dead spiritually. So I don't want anyone to think that they're better than anyone because we're good for that. We love to compare to always measure ourselves against someone else. But the truth of the matter is every one of us in here were born spiritually dead. So if you're not spiritually dead right now, you were spiritually dead at some point in time. And if you're spiritually dead right now, it's okay because you can become spiritually alive. So nobody is is, is in any better position than anyone because Jesus lives and he reigns. And whatever you need, he's ready. He's ready to give it to you. So how can I tell if I'm spiritually dead? Three areas that you will be able to tell if you're spiritually dead. The Bible described it in the text that we read. So let's take a look at the text that we read in Ephesians. The first thing that it mentioned about a person that is spiritually dead, the text said they are stuck in their trespasses and sin. It means they can't get out of it. They are trapped and continue in it. What does that mean, preacher? It means that we're living a lifestyle that's not pleasing to God, and we can't stop living that lifestyle. That's that's, that's one point of knowing that you're dead. What does that mean, preacher? So let the preacher tell you about himself so you understand what I mean by that. You've heard me say this before, but some here haven't heard this. And so here is an example. Before I was ever saved, before I ever uh, surrendered my life to Christ and repent of my sins and got baptized and got filled with his spirit and started living, before I was ever saved, I enjoyed just having a good time. But a good time always consisted of drinking. So anytime you have a good time, there was always liquor involved. And I remember many a nights I had a good time. And when I woke up in the morning... 
I can tell I was having a good time last night because I didn't feel good. And I remember waking up many a mornings and I said, I'm not drinking today. Nah, not today. That was a lot last night. And I just want to be just, I want to just mellow out and chill today. And you heard me say, one of my boys had the, the chirp before chirp phones came out. Y'all don't even know about chirp. But before chirp hit the street, right, my boy had the chirp. Yeah. That was the chirp before chirp came out. Well, y'all started walking around chirping with the next tails. Before that, my boy came around. Yeah. That y'all right there meant it's time to go do something. And so we would chirp, yo, and I would come upstairs and we would sit outside and talk a little bit. Before you know it, I get dressed and we on the move again. You think I didn't drink that day? I drank that day and drank real good that day. But I had said to myself, I'm not drinking today because that was enough last night. I had a good enough time. I'm good. But I woke up the next day and I drank again. And it just continued to go. Oh, I'm not going. And even sometimes, even if you try to say I'm not going to drink, it's just one day. Because after one day, here you go again. For some people, it's smoking. It doesn't matter. My point is, when we're dead spiritually, we are trapped in a lifestyle that's not pleasing unto God. And no matter how much we know this is wrong and we need to get up out of it, we keep staying in it. And we know we want to come out of it, but somehow you can't get out of it. You find yourself trapped. And that's a person that is spiritually dead and need to be alive, need to be raised up, and need to be empowered by the Spirit. I'm telling you today, if you're here and you're experiencing spiritual death, I'm telling you, today you can leave here alive and well and living your best life. All I did was tell you about my sin. I don't know what yours is. And yours, it doesn't matter. You know, we like to weigh sins. You a thief. But you sell drugs. You do this. And, you, and we wait and say, well, that's kind of bad. No, to God it's all bad. And whatever situation we're trapped in, uh, to God it's all bad. Uh, and it is God's desire that you become spiritually alive uh, and not stay dead uh, and come together with Him and live your best life ever. God died so your life can be the best life you can ever have. So, first thing is, we're stuck in a lifestyle that we can't seem to change. Even when we try to get beyond it, it's only for a day or so. we just stuck. The second thing that, you, that will tell you that you are dead spiritually is this. Your actions, it's a big one, are influenced by the trends of this world. Whatever the world is doing and whatever is popular, you fall right in with it and say, yeah, that's what we do. Remember I told you? Long time ago, since we on the drinking thing, I told you long time ago, I knew about red wine. I was drinking red wine because I was rolling with the right people. And I knew about red wine, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Cab South, a Pinot Noir. I mean, you keep on going. I was drinking it years ago. 
when none of y'all knew about it. And then because LeBron James and Dwayne Wade start drinking red wine, y'all think now we got a, a generation of young people drinking red wine and they think that they, they live in. They think that, oh, look at me. I'm rolling now because I'm drinking some of that good red wine. Yeah, that's what D. Wade and Bron was drinking. And now I'm drinking some red wine like them and you think you're living a good life. And I'm sitting here saying, I was doing that early 90s. Early 90s. And I'm telling you, the life that I'm living right now is so good that back in them days when I thought I was something, when I was sitting next to people at the bars in Princeton, when I was drinking $18 glass, $18 shots of stuff, Grand Marnier or Cavassier or, or whatever it was, I'm sitting next to the big wigs and thinking I'm doing something. My life now is so good. I'm living my best life that I could ever live. All those years when I spent time with people that we call ballers, oh my my God, that life don't compare to this life. This life is so good that Jesus has afforded us. And I'm so thankful. That's why today I give him praise. I celebrate the resurrection because this life I have is the best life ever. Why don't you take it from somebody that knows all about the world, uh, that that life cannot compare with this life that we're living? Uh, why don't you take it from somebody that knows uh, well and good uh, what a good life is compared to the world and compared to spiritual things? Oh, my God, I wish somebody would hear me this morning about what the comparison is. Uh, what are we holding on to? Uh, we're making ourselves uh, just miserable. We're making ourselves uh, just just, just unfunctionable because we're allowing ourselves uh, to think today uh, this glorious life uh, of just enjoying what we want, uh, but still spiritually dead. And then you come to church and you hear me preach and you get frustrated because this is why sometimes, sometimes we don't come to church. Because uh, when you hear the word of God, it, it, it is contrary to what your behavior is. Uh, and now you're saying, man, uh, what do I do? Uh, and when we're just like this, uh, nobody can live your life bouncing from this way to that way. Uh, it can't be a productive life. So guess what? Uh, we just cut it all off uh, and live the way we want. Uh, why don't somebody this morning cut off what they've been living uh, and come all the way? on this side uh, and just live the life God has for you. We allow the world to influence us. Their actions, our actions are influenced by the things of this world. And guess what? We don't understand. The Bible says the spirit of the prince of the power of the air is working. So here's another thing you don't like to hear. Our world system, system, system. I didn't say the trees and the grass and the ocean. I didn't say anything about the wind and all of the, 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 the beautiful creation of God. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the world system is influenced by the prince of the power of the air. So what does that mean, preacher? It means thoughts, are just floating around in the airway that the devil is putting out there. Thoughts are just flowing around. We're wondering how can people commit certain crimes. 
because the devil is just allowing thoughts to float around because that's what he is the king of or the prince of the Bible says. He's the prince of the power of the airways. What does that mean? It means he plants stuff in the atmosphere. He plants stuff in the airways and, and wait for us to grab onto it. And as soon as we grab onto it, he just encourages us to go with it. And we're wondering, where did this thought come from? We're wondering, why am I doing this? Why? There is a prince of the power of the air that is causing the airways to be influenced by evil thoughts, by thoughts that will destroy one another. And we need to say, God, how can I get out of that? And God is here to tell you this morning through this preacher that the way you get out of it is to become spiritually alive so you can live your best life. The spirit that's in the airways from the prince of the power of the air, he will always influence the airways for you to disobey the word of God. So you wondering when you disobey the God, the word of God, here, here is something in your mind. I know I'm not like a bad person or anything, but somehow you just still disobey the word of God. Ask yourself, how does that work? Try to try to figure that one out. How can you be a good person, but still disobey the word of God? Yeah. Ponder that for a little bit. The third thing that is mentioned to say we're spiritually dead is this. We do whatever our flesh desires. Whatever our flesh desire is what we do. Whatever our mind can conceive, that's what we do. And so if those are the ways that we're living, if, if that's the way we're living where whatever I desire, I will do. Whatever I can conceive in my mind, that's what I'll do. If that's how we're living, the Bible says we are spiritually D-E-A-D. I want you to think about that. It's okay what they say. If you can't admit that you have a problem, you can never be cured from that problem. If you never admit that something is wrong, you can never get it right. You know, it's nothing like trying to get somebody to understand that their actions are wrong and they're going to argue with you and tell you, no, it's not. Well, they will never stop doing what they've been doing because if they think that what they're doing is not wrong, why would they ever stop? Well, what I always tell this church, I said, I know some things that God require of us is very hard. And very challenging because of how we have cultivated our life and how we've been living. So some things God is asking and directing in his word for us to do is very difficult for us to do. But don't just say, I, I just can't. Don't limit yourself. Don't just say, I just can't. Say to yourself, man, that's hard. But I'm going to have to work on that. Because I'm not going to live just any kind of life. I'm not just going to let my life be messed up. I'm not going to miss out on eternity with Jesus Christ. I have to do something. And even though I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it. And he, even though I, I don't know how can I do that. I know I have to do something about it. But don't just admit I can't. It's not good. Listen. All these things I just pointed out. Will say that our we are spiritually dead. All that I just pointed out. We're spiritually dead. And the only way we can ever become spiritually alive is by the power of the resurrected Savior. 
if we will understand the power that God has and what he can wheel into our life so we can become alive, we will say, oh, God, no need for me to settle. No need for me to put myself in a place of compromise uh, when you can help me to live the best life I can ever live. Listen to me. If you're spiritually dead, God can raise you up out of that dead life and cause you to live your best life. A life that is alive and vibrant. A life that is full of power and hope. We take that word hope for granted. But let me ask you this question today. What kind of hope do you have about your end of life? What kind of hope do you have on eternal life? What kind of hope? And I'm telling you, if you allow Jesus to change your life, if you allow Jesus Jesus to move you, if you allow Jesus to deliver you, that life will be full of hope because you know Jesus, what he can do. All we got to do is to let Jesus in our life and trust that he will make a way for us. You get hope. Listen, we can fool ourselves. Without Jesus, there is no hope. Without Jesus, this is your life. You're going to live until you die. And when you die, you can fool yourself and say, okay, there is no eternal damnation, so I'm just going to die and be buried and that's it. You can tell yourself that. You can tell yourself that. Or you can deal with the truth of the matter. And that is, all people will die in their flesh one day, but their soul will live on forever. And the question is, where will your soul live forever? Will it live apart from the creator of it, or will it live in the presence of the creator of your soul? And that's what we have to ask ourselves. Where will I spend eternity? In the presence of my creator, or away from my creator? Where will that be? Your soul lives on forever. You know why? Anybody know why? Your soul lives on forever because your soul came from God. And there is nothing that comes from God that dies. Think about it. He's the living God. He's the omniscient God. So the only thing that came from God was us. Everything else came from material. But God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So whatever God produced from himself, it has to live forever. So we're in a conundrum now because our soul, which is our inner being, will live on forever. Yeah, this flesh will die, but our soul will live on forever. The question is, now where will that soul live? Ephesians 2 and 4, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Can I tell you what mercy is? Because you don't understand sometimes we, we, we misunderstood or overlooked God's mercy. God's mercy is God not permitting what should happen to you that you deserve. Can't tell you how many times I'm at the court asking for mercy for the defendant. Judge. I know his record is bad. I know he's done a lot of bad things. I know there's just crime upon crime upon crime, Judge. I know that. But, Judge, I've been working with him. Judge, I've been trying to help him to overcome and make his life better. Judge, I'm asking that the court will have mercy upon this defendant 
and not sentence him to 20 years like he deserved, but to sentence him to five. I don't say that. But I'm giving you how it work. And so instead of the full 20 years that someone may deserve for the crime that they have committed, the judge say, the court will be merciful to you today. And instead of giving you 20, we'll give you seven. Well, it's the same thing with God. All of us in here deserve to die for all that we've done, for how we have treated the one that saved us, for how we've treated the one that went to the cross for us. All of us in here uh, should be sentenced to death. No two ways about it. No questions asked. We should all, including this preacher, be sentenced to death because of how we have treated the one that gave us life. But the scripture says, but God, who is rich in mercy... So instead of us be sentenced to life, God, who is rich in mercy, and why is he rich in mercy? Because of his love for war towards us, Bob. He is rich in mercy, and he has this love for us that he says, even though you deserve to die and perish and be in torment for all eternity, I can't allow that. I will be merciful to you, but I can't make you accept the gift of life to live your best life ever. I can't make you. You have to choose. We got to choose if we want to live our best life ever. And we have to choose whether or not we think Jesus will offer us our best life or the way we're living is the best life. The Bible says he will quicken you by his spirit. How does God quicken us by his spirit? Oh, as I worship God, God can cause his spirit to fall upon me. If I, if I just lift my hands and say, Jesus, uh, I love you as I begin to praise him, uh, as I begin to appreciate him, uh, as I begin to love him uh, in worship uh, and in praise, uh, God can just fill me with his spirit. Uh, I can speak in another tongue uh, because the spirit of God has descended upon me. Uh, and as the spirit of God is in me, uh, the spirit of God uh, awakened my soul, uh, the spirit of God uh, make the dead live again. Uh, the Spirit of God uh, begins to revive me and bring me to life. Uh, and when I get that life uh, then I begin to walk uh, and talk differently uh, and live differently uh, and begin to move uh, in a different realm uh, and have power and have anointing uh, and have strength uh, because the Spirit of God uh, is in me. Uh, you can have that life. Uh, you can receive that power to change your life. Uh, the Bible says uh, and you as he quickened uh, and the quickness is by the spirit if you want to be alive you need the spirit of God Tony listen to this Tony the spirit of God is God's second breath Tony Tony the first breath make this body alive and God breathed into man. Man became alive. We can walk and talk. We can move about. That's the first breath. But guess what? Because of Adam and Eve, that breath, even though we have it in our lungs and we're breathing and moving, we're dead spiritually. The second breath, which is the Holy Ghost, 
So we need the breath to be blown into us twice. The first time is when you were born out of your mother's womb, when you were conceived and you were in the womb and you were gestating in the womb and growing and becoming this living human being. That's, that's the first breath. That's, that's God. God allowed a baby to come and become a person and begin to grow inside of its womb. And, and that's, that's the first breath. And finally, breath. You, you were given birth and you came into this world and you took the breath of this world, of this life, and you're moving and, and you're living. But guess what? Your soul is still dead. Your soul is still dead. And the only way it can come alive is if the second breath get blown in you. When God blows the second breath in you, Tony, that's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when that breath is blown in you, now spiritually you become alive. And not only is your body alive, but now your soul is alive. And now you are alive. And now you can praise Him with power. You can worship Him. You can worship Him with authority. You can give Him honor because you're alive physically and spiritually. I want to be alive physically and spiritually to live my best life. We need the second breath. We can't stay at the first breath. We got to get the second breath if we're going to live our best life. Sometimes we take this thing like it's some hocus pocus, like, you know, I, you know, we think it's just some, some kind of, I don't know what it is. And we don't yield to God. We need the second breath. Somebody say, I need the second breath. Oh yeah, we can't live, in, we can't live without the second breath. We, we, we're only functioning in a, in a, in a dead corpse. We're, we're in a live corpse, but we're dead spiritually. Listen, listen. I talked about this on Thursday night. Let me throw it out to you real quick so you understand. Here is how man is supposed to communicate. From the very beginning, from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, when God first created the first two people, here is how we were supposed to function. We had a spirit that was alive, the spirit of God in us. It caused our body to be alive and it caused our spirit to be alive when, we, when Adam and Eve was first created. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the Bible says they died. But they didn't die physically right away, but they died spiritually right away. So what happened is their spirit, that breath in them, that spirit that caused them to be living, that was corrupted because of the sin. And because of the sin, they now died spiritually. So every person that was born, which we all came from Adam and Eve, we were born spiritually dead. And so God, which is so rich in mercy, is saying, I don't want you to continue like that. So I'm going to have to bring you alive. Now, all throughout scripture, it didn't happen right away. But his ultimate goal was to get us all to become spiritually alive. Aren't you glad you're living in the best time there is to ever live? I appreciate all of what we read in the Bible. But I got to tell you, in case you don't know this, the best time to be ever living for God is right now. If we were living 200 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, we probably couldn't handle it because they, those people were rough and tough and they were strong and they lived by the law and they weren't spiritually awakened. They were dead, but God still made a way for them to be saved even then. Today, he's got a different way because guess what? I should say over 2,000 years ago, that's how it was. Since Christ died and, 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 and rose, then we had the opportunity to be spiritually awakened. But before Christ, we were dead spiritually and we can only be saved by works. 
Today we can be saved by just allowing the life of Christ to come into our hearts, come into us, and change us. But here is how we're supposed to communicate. This is what God is trying to get us to do. Because our spirit is corrupt and we're dead spiritually, when you receive the Holy Spirit, who is God dwelling in you, when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit communicates to your spirit. Because your spirit is messed up. So if you, this is why you're dead. If you rely on your spirit to give you guidance, you're going to make a whole heap of mistakes. Why do you think we can't get it together? No matter how smart we are, why do you think we can't get it together? Why, why can't we just have a whole thing and get it together? I guess battery going. What's going on? What's going on? But why do you think that? Because your spirit is dead. And the only way for you to be alive is for the spirit of God to communicate to your spirit, almost bypass your spirit and get to your soul. That's how the Holy Spirit works. So as long as you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't be alive spiritually. Impossible. And so as you live your life, you're making decisions that what the Bible says, your ways seem right to yourself. So all that you're doing, it seems right in your own eyes. And no matter what anybody says, you just know you're right. Well, that's what happened when you're dead spiritually. You, you, you're doing what you think is right, but it's still wrong. And you don't understand how it's not working. Well, you're, you're not capable of making it work. You can function according to the course of this world, but it's not alive. But when you receive the Holy Spirit and you allow the Holy Spirit to communicate to your spirit and to communicate to your soul, that's how you become alive. That's how you now become spiritually awake, awakened and alert and knowing what's going on. But if you don't do that, you can't be spiritually alive. And so I close here. God's spirit is the second breath. And we need the second breath in order to live our best life. Listen to this. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And the church is his body. You hearing that? Jesus Christ, head of the church. The church is his body. Whatever is connected to the head has to be living if the head is living. I hope I got some 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 healthcare people in here that can tell me. If the health if the head is alive, the body is alive. If the head is alive, the body is alive. And so here it is. We know the head rose from the grave and is alive forever. 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 So the head is alive forever. So if the body is the body of the head, then the body is alive forever. So the church, who is the body of Christ, will be alive forever and ever and ever because it is Christ's body. That's the church. 
And so when we repent of our sins and we're born again, baptized in his name, filled with his spirit, guess what? We become a part of the body of Christ, which is the church. And if I'm connected to the head, I can't die. Will somebody understand what it means to live your best life? If you're connected to the head, who is Christ, how can you die? How can you live a life that's underprivileged? How can you live a life that's not glorious? How can you live a life that's not majestic? Because you're connected to the eternal life, the power of God, who is the head of the church. How could you die? How could you die? So, what some of us do, we sever ourselves from the body. This is what happened when, you know, people in the church back up from God. You know how you die? You sever yourself. So you might, you know, whatever part of the body you are, you, you, you just cut yourself off. And guess what? If you're not attached to something that's living, now you follow the whole thing now, coming back around full circle and let you know, understand if you're dead or alive. If you're not connected to something that's living, you're dead. It's only when you're connected to what's living. Let me add this into you and throw this your way. Everything in this world is dying. What they say, what goes up must come down. Because everything in this world will cease at some point in time to exist. Only the creator can't cease to exist. Behold, he's alive forever. Behold, he's alive forever. He has the keys. He has the keys. He's alive forever. And so the way how we can be alive forever, the way how we will stay alive and be spiritually aware and spiritually alert is to connect with the body of Christ. And so when I repent of my sins and I get baptized in his name and I begin to live for God, he fills me with his spirit and I'm living for God and I'm staying attached to the body. Bob, guess what? I'm alive. I can live my best life. I can live my life that is pleasing unto God because I'm alive, I'm well, and I and God are one together. Will you stand with me? You don't understand. The life that God has for you. Listen to what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 6. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 6. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you're a part of the body, where he sits, you sit. Where he is, you are. And so while we're here in this earth moving around and we saying, well, he's sitting on his throne in heaven and I'm not there. Just wait a little while 
and you will see you will appear right next to him where he is if you just keep moving with him if you just keep living in him if you just stay attached to him that day is coming where you will be one with God when you will be right where he is and where he is that's where you will be also and forever will you be with him I want to live my best life ever and the only way I can live my best life ever is to be alive spiritually is to be connected and be a part of the body of Christ is to live my best life with Christ I'm telling you somebody God wants you to hear the word of God today that you can live your best life ever and it's not doing what you want but it's doing what he says because what he says will give you eternal life what he says will give you life where spiritually you will be aware you will be alert you will be vigilant you can live the life of being in connection with him you can be a, be a, live a life where you can fellowship with him that's what will happen when you get connected to the body when you allow his spirit to transform you i want to say today if you want to live your best life why don't you take a step out and come up to the front here and let me pray for you before you go we're done i'm gonna i want to pray for you before you go if that's if you want to live your best life that's if you think that you want to live your best life. If you feel like the life that you're living is fine, then, hey, that, that's just what you choose. The greatest thing about the Lord is this. He, he gives us the opportunity, but he won't force us. Mess with the young couples a little bit. Don't force nobody to love you. Don't you do it, because then it ain't love. It's a, it's a behavior that they put on, but they don't love you. People are supposed to love freely. God gave us that opportunity when he created us to say, I'm going to let you love me because you choose to love me, not because I'm making you. And today, same thing. I'm, I, you don't have to come to this altar. You know what we do? This is what we do in the, in, in the Northeast here. This is the Bible Belt a little bit different. <laughs> But here's the difference between the Northeast and the Bible Belt. Many different reasons. But here's what we do. We check each other out. Man, oh man. We check each other out to see who will move. And then that's how we determine if we go move. We like to follow people. When are we going to follow Jesus? I can't wait for somebody or everybody to get to a place because that's where I got to maybe that's why I'm saying it get to the place where I can look anybody in the eye and say I can care less what you think about me in my relationship with God I don't care what I look like and how I look Jamali it doesn't matter what people think of me when it comes down to Jesus they will be able to say stuff about me on other things but when it comes to Jesus they're going to say he just don't care because Jesus is too significant and too important to me for me to say to myself, well, let me see what everybody else is doing. Let me check out who's going. And the saddest thing is that, what, what, what would I say? Man, if I had me $1,000 up here, so the first one to come up here and get the 1000 guess what? You will fall all, all over each other to come get the 1000 But here, here is my stubborn ways, too. This is my flesh talking probably. But if somebody got to force you to come to the altar, then don't come. Sorry, forgive me, Lord, if that was wrong that I just said that. But my point is, 
all I'm trying to tell you is we got to stop worrying about people. We got to stop checking people out and wondering what they're doing. And I'll make a decision depending on what they do. You think I care? If God is speaking to my heart, I got to respond to God because here is the thing we take for granted. Brother Chuby, you know this because I've shared this with you and some of you know. Here's the thing that we take for granted. You don't know if this is your last opportunity to give your life to God. You don't know if this is your last chance for God to pray so you could be healed of your sickness or your disease. You don't know if it's your last chance uh, to give your life to God and you just chill and just sit back. And you don't know. We've had people come to this church that came in and said, I'll be back. I enjoyed it. It was so good. I'll be back. They're dead right now. Dead. No life. And probably not going to be with the body because I don't think they were saved. But they were happy. They enjoyed the service. Oh, preacher, that was a good word. I'll be back. And over a year, gone. I went to the hospital. I worship in the room because I'm trying to learn how to get into the presence of God to make sure when I pray, my prayer is effective. I went into his room, and I started worshiping God, and I started worshiping God and praising God, and then I, I laid my hands on him, and I'm talking to him, Mr. Okoro, blah, 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 and I'm praying, and he shakes his head, and guess what? He, he, he wanted to get up out of that bed, and he couldn't, and I'm praying. He never got out of the bed. He died. He died. He died. He didn't know that time he came. That was the last time he was going to be in a powerful apostolic church where God is talking to him. And that's the next thing we don't understand. We think that every church will tell us the same thing. Okay, you sleep on that if you want. You sleep on it and think you can go anywhere in here when I'm telling you today. Oh, yeah, that sounds good, preacher. You won't get this just any place. Because God will send you to a church that's going to tell you the truth. And going to tell you by the spirit and by his word. Not a place that's going to give you a fancy test, a, a fancy service for Easter. Oh, it's Easter. So we'll tell you something nice and pretty. So I'm going to pray for you today so you can respond to God's word so you can live your best life. It's time for you to live your best life. It's time to stop allowing uh, the, the, the sins of this world and the struggles of this world. Listen, God didn't say that you will live a life that is pain-free. I'm not telling you you're going to live a life of pain-free, but there is nothing like having the peace of God that knowing no matter what you're going through, God's got my back, and I'm going to be all right no matter what. That's all this will help you to understand is that no matter what you're going through, when you have God in your life, there is peace. When you got God in your life, you know, I am going to be all right. I don't know what the outcome will be. I don't know if I'm going to always have pain. I don't know if I'm always going to have this situation, but I have the peace knowing I'm connected to the body, and I have have life, a spiritual life, and I just got to thank God because I will spend eternity with him. Father, in the name of Jesus, for all of the people that responded in faith this morning, not by any other means, but they responded in faith. I pray today in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will move on them in such a powerful and miraculous way that, Lord God, they will receive life from you. Lord, it is not your will that any should perish. It is your will that they all be saved, that they all receive new life, O oh God, resurrected life, Almighty oh God, and you rose, oh God, from the grave that they can live. You die 
died, oh God, so their sins could be forgiven. And today I pray for new life. I pray for new life. I pray in the name of Jesus that the power of God will move upon you. That the power of God will transform you. That from this day on, you will look to Jesus for strength. You will look to Jesus for direction. You will look to Jesus for correction. You will look to Jesus for understanding. I pray today that you will yield yourself to the Lord, to the Spirit of God, and that your life will be changed and that you'll receive new life. In the name of Jesus, today, Lord, I pray your power will come upon your child like never before. And that, Lord, she'll respond oh, to you, knowing it's you that's moving, knowing it's you that's speaking. Now, God, I pray that you will move and give new life, resurrected life, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, resurrected life, almighty God. New life, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray that the Holy Spirit will quicken you and that you'll receive life that well, it will be like a wellspring springing up in you. Life eternal, life eternal in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your spirit continue to move. Let your spirit continue to stir. Let your spirit, almighty God, bring life and strength and joy and peace in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus life eternal let the power of God move hallelujah destroy the yoke of bondage and I pray that you will keep her and strengthen her let the power of God move in her life we are keeper defender protect the Lord in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, let the Spirit of the Lord, O oh God, move on Bob, Lord God, and stir. Let the Spirit of God move on Bob. Fill him with your Spirit and your power, Lord. Let your authority move in his life, O oh God, like never before. Let your Spirit, O oh God, make him alive. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray for life upon your daughter, Lord God. Lord, let the Spirit of the Lord awaken her. Let the Spirit of the Lord stir her. Let the Spirit of the Lord give her direction, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, for His promises are yea and amen. Lord, I pray that you'll lead your child in the path of righteousness, that you'll keep her, oh God, and that the Spirit of God will live inside of her, Lord, that the Spirit of God will give her peace, the Spirit of God will awaken her and quicken her, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, sweet spirit. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Oh, 
Oh, God, remove the weights, Lord God. The heavy weights, Lord God, will you remove them? And, oh, God, let the power of God increase. Let the Spirit of God increase. Let the Spirit of God increase. Increase, Lord. Increase, Lord. Increase, Lord. Increase. Increase, Lord. Increase. Increase, Lord. Increase. Ah, God. I pray that there will be an awakening. There will be a quickening. Uh, and the power of God to raise you up. Raise her up, Lord God. To let her sit in heavenly places with you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, increase. That the power of God will move upon Jordan, Lord. Let the power of God move upon him, Lord. Let the power of God increase in his life, Lord. Let the Spirit of God reign. Make him alive, Almighty God. Make him alive, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus. Make him alive, Almighty God. Oh, Father, touch him. Touch him, Lord God. Touch him, Lord God. Make him alive, Lord. Let your Spirit, oh God, fill his heart and mind. And let the power of God move upon him. Let the power of God move upon him. In the name of Jesus. 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 Spiritual life, Lord. Spiritual life, Almighty God. Spiritual life, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father. I pray that the strength of God will come upon you. And that God will increase your strength in him. That God will raise you and lift you. And that God will empower you for you to live your best life ever. Lord, lead her in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord, let the Spirit of God overshadow her. Let the Spirit of God, oh God, give her strength. In the name of Jesus. 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 